Hi, everyone. Carrie Harrison here with a very quick message before we start the show. You might remember last week we talked about the great Southern California fires, the ones in recent memories, also known as the Woolsey Fire, the Malibu Fires, the fires that turn the skies dark, black, orange for days and days at a time. We have confirmed news reports that much of it started on a former nuclear test lab site in Simi Valley called Rocketdyne, owned by Boeing, in which a portion of radioactive materials are thought to have burnt and aerosolized for three or four straight days in a row, covering some 12 to 14 million of us. That's why, along with perchlorate and other rocket propellants on the very same site, toxic chemicals mixed with all of this, So many of us were saturated. If you were in town and you breathed the air, there's a possibility you were exposed. A group has been set up called groupexposure.com. Groupexposure.com, where you can join for free and be part of a collective that holds Boeing responsible, NASA responsible, and Rocketdyne responsible. If there are medical issues, those two can be looked at. All you have to do is go to groupexposure.com, groupexposure.com. If you don't like the internet a ton, you can simply text your name and email to 310-737-TALK, 310-737-8255. That's 310-737-TALK or groupexposure.com. From Los Angeles, preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Next, reality check live. The same tumors show up in the animals as in the epi studies, the human studies of people who use cell phones. If this isn't enough to get you worried, it should be. It's next. Carrie Harrison here. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards, all while ferreting out the bottom line. Reality Check Live. Carrie Harrison here, and as we all uh, look into our palms, we might see a cell phone. A mobile phone. There are two billion humans, uh, many of whom are now equipped, certainly with the internet and also with smartphones. Um, I remember, as many of us will, these great brick phones, these Motorola's that you would put up to your the side of your head in the 1980s, and. Many of us back then thought, gee, I'm getting a headache from this thing. I wonder if it's connected somehow. Well, this flashes us forward to probably the greatest expert around, though the data doesn't seem to get out publicly because it's awfully inconvenient. I want to talk to everybody today about the notion of how safe is your cell phone and how do you continue to maintain a relationship with it um, safely or as safely as possible, what's known, what's not known, and what is our position of and our relationship around these things. I want to introduce to you Lewis Slesson. He's the editor and publisher of Microwave News and has devoted many years to nothing but checking out cell phones and uh, these kinds of non-ionizing radiations. And I became familiar with Lewis back in the I think in the early 1990s when I was on CBS in Chicago. And this was a piece of subject matter that nobody wanted on the air because they were rolling out new cell phones left and right, left and right. We all remember this. Um, And so I became concerned. And you, Lewis, welcome, by the way. Thank you. You have not dropped the ball. (laughs) I'm very pleased to say you have not dropped the ball on this. 
I keep going, but I, I, I always wonder how many people are actually listening, so I'm delighted to be with you today. And you are living in Jamaica right now, so we're doing this conversation by Skype. Let's just jump right into what we know. Uh, I'm holding right here an iPhone XX Max. If I put it to the side of my head, I actually do feel pain after, say, 10 minutes of a phone call. Is this in my imagination, or is there more, maybe? Probably, if, if the, the kinds of effects that we're most concerned about, probably you would not be feeling. Um, but that, that may be from the heat of the phone, because, of course, it uses energy and dissipates heat. But uh, what, what people are concerned about is the RF energy, the radio frequency energy, or the, really the microwaves, that uh, is how the phone functions. It sends out uh, microwaves to the nearest cell tower and then you know, goes through the grid or the network, and then the same thing happens on the other side. So uh, without the radiation, without the electromagnetic radiation, non-ionizing radiation, none of this would be possible. You know, it's interesting because when I mention these Motorola brick phones, uh, people who are a lot younger see them in 1980s movies, and you just go, geez, it's, you know, you're holding up basically a hiking boot to the side of your head, and that thing had to create enough power to be able to send it all the way to a cell tower, which could be miles away, and then retrieve it back, and it's going to have to pass through something. That something is obviously your head, this is a true statement, right? About 70% of the energy coming off the phone is going to the user's body. So, yes, it, it, of course, it depends where, you, where and how you hold your phone. Something we can talk about a bit later. We can minimize the amount of energy going into the body. But, but you know, in standard operation, most of the energy is going into the user's body. And when we say the user's body, we're talking head and the rest of the body. I mean, I know that I keep my cell phone in my pocket, which means it's near my seeds of genovation, um, which are going to be very sensitive. And, and I don't think about it, but I think about it now that I'm talking to you. I put it all over my body all the time. The, 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 the issue you raise is actually very interesting because when you put the phone in, your, say, a, a standard men's flat pocket. The, 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 the phone is actually within a millimeter or two of your body. In fact, according to the FCC standard, it probably would not meet the standard when it's put in the pocket. In the old days, Motorola used to give you a little um, clip so you could put it on your, your belt. That, that, that had the kind of, um, I, I think, purposeful um, objective of keeping the phone somewhat separated from your body. As soon as it touches your body, it's no way going to make the existing standard. And the existing standard, let me tell you, is not very tough. Um, the way you hold it is extremely important, how you hold it. And I, I, I just have to interject here that one of the worst places, and I, it's hard to believe where I said that people do this, but unfortunately young women do this all the time. In fact, some Brazilian manufacturers make pockets so women can hold the phone near their breasts. And this is probably the worst possible place to put it. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Reality Check Live, realitychecklive.org. We're talking right now to Lewis Slesson. He's based in Jamaica. We're doing it via Skype, which uh, definitely is going to feel a bit ironic to you since we are talking about RFs or radio frequencies, the radiation emitted by cell phones and electronics. How safe or unsafe really is it? And how do you maintain a decent relationship with equipment that is not going away? Uh, and, you know, we're stuck with it. 
frankly, are you going to hunt for a payphone? Good luck finding one that still works today. So like it or not, it's sort of like if you're an overeater, you still have to eat every day, like it or not, or sexual compulsion. You're going to have a relationship and you're going to have to express it that way. Well, a phone is the same way and it has turned for many into a lover, into a companion, into a codependent relationship, one that cannot be broken if you're going to remain modern in today's world. Let's jump right into what we believe we know about the deleterious effects, and then we'll talk about how we can continue to maintain our relationship. Uh, Studies have been done going back 10, 15 years from all over Europe to here in the United States, and we just had one uh, recently within the last couple of years. And they all like to conclude that really there's no problem here. There might be a problem. There might not be a problem. But we don't think there's a problem. And it looks like these studies are paid for by the people who actually create the very cell phones, um, sort of like the military doing a study on the effects of radiation when they're using radiation. It's probably not going to sound so bad. That's absolutely right. The, the, the one place I would disagree with you is actually many of the recent studies have shown a very clear link to cancer. And uh, Exhibit A here is a study done by the National Toxicology Program, which really is the gold standard for doing cancer research in the United States. And they spent over $30 million on a 10-year study of cell phone radiation to look basically at whether or not the radiation could um, lead to uh, an increase of cancer in experimental animals. And lo and behold, despite everybody's best bet that it would show nothing, including the principal investigator, I might add, the, the study showed um, what, what finally came out just earlier this year as clear, and I use that this in quotes, clear evidence, clear evidence that the radiation could lead to cancer. And... What they found is very interesting. They found a, 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 um, a link to a very obscure type of cancer, a malignant uh, tumor of the heart uh, called schwannoma of the heart in male rats and saw this as clear evidence of a cancer causation. At the same time, a different laboratory in Italy, completely independently, did the same experiment, millions of euros or whatever, and and they found exactly the same kind of tumor in the hearts of the rats. So this is a, a, a deep concern. Now, what, what the stock answer to the deniers, the people who say this is impossible, they say it can't cause cancer because it doesn't have the energy to break a chemical bond. That is, the radiation is not like x-rays or, or ionizing radiation that can do that. This is weaker radiation. They say it's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. Um, experiment after experiment have, has shown that, in fact, it's quite, it's quite easy to break these bonds in different ways. Let me give you an example, if I may. What, what goes on is that in the body all the time is DNA gets broken naturally, but your immune system can repair that. Now, let's say that the radiation doesn't break DNA. Maybe the, the critics are right. It doesn't have the energy, but it might have the, the wherewithal to impair the repair of the DNA. Whether you break more bonds or impede the repair, impair the repair, if you will, 
it doesn't matter. The net effect is more DNA breaks. And so, so in other words, you, you're seeing the cancer in the animals, but you also have an explanation of how it, that might come about. So we have a problem. And the first part, as we all know, is to recognize that we have a problem because there's so much denial going on, no one is taking this seriously. Including the consumer. Like, do I really want to look at my $1,000 phone? You can hear me knocking on it here. Do I really want to look at it and think, oh, my God, I am risking my life every time I use it? No. I want to see it as my companion, my lover, my computer. We can go on for years. (laughs) What these things are to us intimately and personally without thinking that this thing is going to really disrupt my DNA and cause me potentially long-term problems. Absolutely right. I mean, there's a love affair and that's the center. I mean, there's a lot of of people like the cell phone companies, like the military that you mentioned, saying, oh, don't worry about it. But number one actor is ourselves because of the love affair with, with this technology. And listen, I'm not a Luddite. I, I have a cell phone. I have an iPhone. But how you use it is, you know, you know can, can really minimize a lot of this risk. It's, the difference with this kind of radiation is if you keep some distance between you and the source of radiation, you'll be fine. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Reality Check Live, realitychecklive.org. On the other side, we're going to talk to Lewis Lesson about known cancer issues with people that are famous, people like John McCain, who grew them in exactly the very spots that much of this data is pointing to. Well, it's still legal. Reality Check. Live. Hi, everybody. Carrie Harrison here with you. You might remember last week we talked about the great Southern California fires, the ones in recent memories, also known as the Woolsey Fire, the Malibu Fires, the fires that turn the skies dark, black, orange for days and days at a time. We have confirmed news reports that much of it started on a former nuclear test lab site in Simi Valley called Rocketdyne, owned by Boeing in which a portion of radioactive materials are thought to have burnt and aerosolized for three or four straight days in a row, covering some 12 to 14 million of us. That's why, along with perchlorate and other rocket propellants on the very same site, toxic chemicals mixed with all of this, so many of us were saturated. If you were in town and you breathe the air, there's a possibility you were exposed. A group has been set up called groupexposure.com. Groupexposure.com, where you can join for free and be part of a collective that holds Boeing responsible, NASA responsible, and Rocketdyne responsible. If there are medical issues, those two can be looked at. All you have to do is go to groupexposure.com, groupexposure.com. If you don't like the internet a ton, you can simply text your name and email to 310-737-TALK, 310-737-8255. That's 310-737-TALK or groupexposure.com. Preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Reality Check Live. Reality Check Live with Kerry Harrison. Kerry Harrison with you. We're talking to Lewis Slesson. He's editor and publisher of Microwave News, talking about what we actually know, the research that's been done on cell phones, on the radiation, the radio frequencies that come from them, non-ionizing radiation, and the impact on the human body, what it has done to animals, uh, provably done, 
in by sources in Europe, here in the United Reality States. Check. A lot of white papers put out. There's real conclusions, but it's not, unfortunately, uh, the headline of the newspaper, though it has appeared in the New York Times. But places like that have been very careful, haven't they, about putting this out so that we really don't get spooked. I think more than careful, I think that they have um, been um, leader of the pack in saying that there's nothing here. When that NTP story came out, um, that was actually two years ago, the draft results came out. The New York Times actually went so far as to make a video by one of their leading science journalists saying, don't worry, it can't be true, we're all okay because brain tumor rates have not gone up. And if, they, if there was a brain tumor risk, we would know it by now. Well, when you, re- you refer to the NTP, that's the National Toxicology Program. And correct. let's talk about brain tumor linkage. The thing people should understand is there's been a number of studies, epidemiological studies, that is studies of human beings who use cell phones, and quite a number of not all of them, but quite a number of them show a link to two different kinds of tumors. One is called the glioma, which is your basic brain tumor. Um, and the other is a, a more obscure tumor called an acoustic neuroma. And for people, uh, that, that's a tumor of the um, nerve that connects the ear to the brain. And the, the most, one of the most famous people that have had acoustic neuroma is a lot, the late John McCain. And the reason he had a bulge in his cheek that everybody could see quite clearly is because he had one in the surgery. Uh, I guess it was scar tissue uh, left that, left, left that uh, imprint on, on his cheek. Now, acoustic, from the very beginning, cell phones were linked to both acoustic neuroma and to um, what's called glioma, cancer of the glial cells, brain cells. Um, and what I didn't find out till very, very recently is that those two cell types, the cells that cause the acoustic uh, neuroma uh, and, and those in the brain are in fact the same kinds of cells. And here we're going to make a full circle and say the acoustic neuroma is sometimes called schwannoma, cancer, a tumor of the Schwann cells, which is exactly what they found in the NTP, the National Toxicology Program experiments, and what they found in Italy in their experiments with animals. What I'm trying to draw is draw a picture here is the same tumors show up in the animals as in the epi studies, the human studies of people who use cell phones. If this isn't enough to get you worried, it should be. <laughs> Via Skype from Jamaica is Lewis Slesson. He is the publisher and editor of Microwave News. We're talking about the effects of cell phone radiation, uh, a ubiquitous product. Hard to know of anyone who doesn't own one and use it these days, whether it's a still uh, an ancient flip phone or any of the latest and greatest. Um, let's talk a little bit about the notion of wearing uh, earbuds or wired earphones or a Bluetooth thing in the side of your head. Is this a good way to bypass some of the radiation? Earphones are a very good way, but again, you, you use the word wired, and I would, I would emphasize the importance of that. Um, in terms of Bluetooth or you know, where you have a wireless connection between your earbuds and, and the phone, Yes, the phone can be away from your body, but again, don't, as we started the conversation, don't put it in your pants, because then you're being irradiated, uh, you're, you're, you're 
reproductive organs are threatened. But I, I would I would hesitate before endorsing wireless earbuds or Bluetooth earbuds because there you're putting the 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 transmitter right into your ear and the separation distance is in fact negative. It's in your body, as you were. Now, they, 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 I'm sure they put the antenna in such a place that it's more outside than inside, but, but still, you're still getting a dose of radiation, certainly less than from the phone itself, but you're getting a, a dose of radiation from the Bluetooth. So I would go with a wired earphone and um, keep the phone, you know, put it on the desk, on the table, in your bag, uh, in, your, in your briefcase, but don't put it on your body. I want to also touch on Lewis Lesson. Um, you are the editor and publisher of Microwave News. Um, these formerly known as backscatters, uh, these TSA chambers you step into and it puffs air and spins around and they convincingly, uh, with a straight face and wide eyes, tell you it is absolutely 100% safe. I believe the employees feel that, believe that. Um, but I'm wondering, anytime you assault the whole body with these mini microwaves, and let's understand how a microwave oven works just before we get into this. Um, I put a piece of meat in there, and the reason it cooks, and, and you can steer me more correctly, but the microwaves go in there and agitate the water molecules, and they start to pulsate so quickly that they they get hot. Like if you rub your hands like this, it gets hot and so hot that it starts to cook the meat. Um, that's sort of how microwaves work, right? In that exactly. sense. Exactly. It's heating up water or jiggling water, as you say. Exactly right. So you go into this thing in the airport. Does it have deleterious effects that we know of or suspect? Well, there are different technologies, and one shouldn't lump them all together. Um, certainly, the, the, the older ones, in fact, I used to refuse to go into those things um, and, you know, force, uh, you know, a, a pat-down check, as it were. No one liked it, but I certainly didn't want to be radiated. I, hey, but I'm the, there, too. Uh, lovely, quiet little moments of civil disobedience that you could be proud <laughs> of. But, but the, 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 the more modern ones are, use what's called millimeter waves, which are higher frequency, and those will... As you get up into the higher frequencies, there's much less penetration. Not that there's not a lot of biological activity in the top layers of your skin, but it, it doesn't penetrate the body the way microwaves will. So, so you know, Frank, uh, last few times I've been to the airport, uh, those, those big hulking machines that you're talking about were, were inactive for some reason, and you just go through a metal detector kind of thing. So, so but, but, you know, if, if one is worried about this, one, one should just, Ask for the pat down, which you can do in the U.S. You cannot do in other places. Period. So we we can thank people, oddly enough, like Jesse Ventura and others who made such a public stink that pat downs became available to all of us. And if you could still do it, uh, it may take an extra ten minutes, but you really do get to avoid a whole lot of just unknown exposures at this point. Carrie Harrison here with you. Lewis Lesson is the editor-in-chief of Microwave News. iPads, iPhones, earbuds, are they all the same radiation-wise? Some better, some worse? Let me introduce two ideas. One is distance is your friend. As I mentioned before, this radiation, if you put some separation distance between you and the radiator, whether it's a phone 
a Wi-Fi router or anything. I mean, you know, just as an aside, people will find a cell tower in their neighborhood, but then put their local home router on their desk, and they probably get more exposure from that than from the cell tower outside. Um, put distance from all the sources of radiation and, and your body and you and the people you love's body. I mean, that is the first key. But the, the, the second thing is more of a societal wish, and and the way you described it was very good. You said we're told it's absolutely safe, and we're told there can be no effect, and this black and white description of the risk is totally the wrong way to think about it. I don't want to leave the listener here today with the thought that we know everything about this, that it's going to kill us all. We don't know that. What we do know is there's a high probability at this point that this stuff is biologically active with some unknown repercussions down the way. What I'm trying to get to here is it's not black and white. It's gray. And so by people saying it's impossible, you get, you're allowing people to go into denial and say there's nothing here, nothing to worry about. We should, it's, it's like kitchen matches. We, every kitchen has one if you have to light the stove, but we know not to play with them. We need to know some rules to how to deal with this technology. If we learn these rules, we can use this stuff safely and not bear the risks down the road. What about airplane mode? So this is the new latest way to not frustrate uh, the airplane in which you are sitting, allegedly. Um, but I think when you kick it out of airplane mode, your phone bursts a magnificent amount of energy suddenly. The, the thing to remember is that the, the, the time the phone uses the most power is when it's making the connection to the cell tower. And that makes a lot of sense because you want to establish a connection. Once the, what's called the handshake is made between the phone and the tower, the tower... What people don't know is that the tower regulates, it's quite amazing technology, parenthetically, I might have. The, the, the tower controls the power output of your phone. If the tower says, I can hear you, it'll say, okay, you can power down, use less energy. And so, you know, a lot of people say one of the things to do is always check the number of bars in your phone, um, which tells you the signal reception. Never speak with one with only one bar because it means the phone will work harder and since most of the energy is going into your body anyway a lot of that hard work is going into radiation into your into your into your body so um, always be aware of how the phone is operating so when you when you're dialing or making the connection to, to when you make a call for instance keep that's a good time to keep the phone away from you because that's the Point of maximum exposure to radiation. Once the connection is made and you have multiple bars, it'll power down and the exposure will go down. A lot of us, Lewis Lesson, uh, use speaker mode. Um, it's become endlessly more popular than slamming the thing up against your head just because they're not built in a comfortable way. There used to be a, a dip in the part where you put it over your ear. It was built with a cup. You know, it, made, it was made more closely to an old-fashioned telephone. Now it's just a flat slick of glass. So holding it in speakerphone mode uh, has become more convenient. I'm guessing that that level of convenience has also improved um, the odds of being less irradiated. 
Absolutely right. In fact, one, one of the great things is that kids, like my daughter, for instance, you know, they, they, they hardly ever use the phone anymore. They're always texting. And, you know, sometimes they'll be connected uh, with buds or, or on speakerphone. But they're moving the phone away from their brain, away from their ear. And as you say, that's a good thing. From Jamaica via Skype, we've been talking to Lewis Slesson. He's the editor-in-chief of Microwave News, America's largest and longest magazine of note, doing reportage on all things microwave, all things RF, that's radio frequencies, all the different gadgets, anything with a, a chip and a signal, how it works, how it affects us, and all the research and studies that have been going on. They get a hold of it, and they make sure that we can get a hold of it. At least I get a hold of it, and now you <laughs> have a hold of it, and how to navigate the shoals of our virtual electronic world uh, and be able to survive it and still have a good time. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Reality Check Live, realitychecklive.org. Preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Reality Check Live. Hi, everybody. Carrie Harrison here with you. You might remember last week we talked about the great Southern California fires, the ones in recent memories, also known as the Woolsey Fire, the Malibu Fires, the fires that turn the skies dark, black, orange for days and days at a time. We have confirmed news reports that much of it started on a former nuclear test lab site in Simi Valley called Rocketdyne, owned by Boeing in which a portion of radioactive materials are thought to have burnt and aerosolized for three or four straight days in a row, covering some 12 to 14 million of us. That's why, along with perchlorate and other rocket propellants on the very same site, toxic chemicals mixed with all of this, so many of us were saturated. If you were in town and you breathe the air, there's a possibility you were exposed. A group has been set up called GroupExposure.com. GroupExposure.com, where you can join for free and be part of a collective that holds Boeing responsible, NASA responsible, and Rocketdyne responsible. If there are medical issues, those two can be looked at. All you have to do is go to groupexposure.com, groupexposure.com. If you don't like the internet a ton, you can simply text your name and email to 310-737-TALK, 310-737-8255. That's 310-737-TALK or groupexposure.com. Reality Check Live.